welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. In 2 Peter chapter 1, from verse 1 to verse 11. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us unto glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he has been purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Well, the scripture read is so good. So good. And I'm looking forward to us having some good meal this morning in God's word. In our previous teaching last Sunday, I picked up from where I left off, Second Peter chapter 1, and 3 talks about according as his divine power has given unto us. You know, this is such a powerful scripture text in the Bible. In the New Testament, it's a central text that is quite surprising that a lot of believers are not aware of this. It's so pivotal. It says that According as his divine power has, oh, thank you, Jesus. This is so good. Has granted, I spoke about planted, granted, uh, given unto us all things. Granted to us everything. Say everything. Everything. What's the meaning of everything? Everything, excluding none. So then... There are things that we all need in life. And many people think that we come to church just because we want a miracle. Right. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not so. God's purpose for church is not to give people miracles. He can do that without church, without the convocation. God can do miracles. Jesus was doing miracles outside, on the street. 
Paul, they were, in fact, uh, uh, idol-worshipping community. They said to the man, cripple, rise up and walk. And then they came to, the people there came to do sacrifices, Acts chapter 14. And he said, no, men, men and brethren, you don't have to do these things. In fact, they tore their clothes. They said, you don't have to do these things. For we are trying to tell to you about God and trying to get you to turn away from this vain and useless behavior. Rather, when we did the miracle, you are bringing the useless behavior to us. And you, are, you, are being, you, want, you want to induct us in fully into it. Because their understanding of God is a miracle-working God. So if these guys have worked miracles, then they said the gods have come down to us in human flesh. So then they brought the, the priest of Jupiter and Hermes to come and get, he said, please, stop this, stop this. Don't do that to us. So they were, this miracle was in an idol-worshipping community. So God doesn't assemble us in church just to do miracles, but he assembles us in church to impart himself into us in a special way. He brings us together so he imparts himself into us and to give us continual supply of everything, watch this, everything it takes to live a godly life or everything it takes you need in life and godliness. God supplies us. So he said, according as his divine power. It's not a miracle thing. The power does miracle, but it can do something that's beyond miracle. That's beyond miracle. Giving you all things that pertain to life and godliness. His divine power is the energizing force behind those achievements. He said, according as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? How does the answer explain? Through the knowledge of him, the epignosis, the experiential knowledge. It's not just you have read something. No, but this is an experience. Through that experiential knowledge of God and Christ, the supply begins to take place. That's why when we come to church, it is very, very dangerous to keep the Bible close in church. You know, don't give yourself to preaching that doesn't open the Bible. You are wasting your destiny. <laughs> when I say open the Bible, I don't mean like physically open it. But it must be strongly based on the text of Scripture and much more importantly, explaining of the text so that you can know. It's more about, it's not just telling things, but you must understand the text better after a preaching. Because it's that the text you have is what to make you pass the test ahead. <laughs> you, you need it. You, you have to. You have to. You, you need a comprehensive knowledge, or you can grasp. It says that so we'll be able to grasp Ephesians chapter three. We'll be able to grasp with all saints. The depth, the height, we'll be able to grasp. We need to be able to lay hold of it that we may be able to comprehend. That word comprehend means grasp. You are in control. You've gotten it well. Grasp with all the same. You can't do it alone. You need other believers. For your comprehensive understanding of God's word, you need fellowshipping with other believers. Yes, 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 yes. 
So it says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, according to the knowledge of him who has called us unto glory and virtue. Someone say glory. glory. Last Friday I was teaching on the big God. The big God, how if you understand and you have an appreciation to the big God, it will help you unconsciously to ascribe glory to him. Everything that happens in our life, we have been called unto glory. As I explained in the previous teaching, we have been called by glory. It is glory that has called us through the glory unto glory. So that in all things, in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, particularly the 21, 20, a lot of Christians have been quoting that. Well, when God born, those of you have been in church a lot, unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundant. That, that, and you stop it there. You stop it there. You stop it there. That's not right. Don't stop it there. He's saying something. He hasn't finished saying it. Even though what we pick from it is true, he was not just delivering that truth. There's a higher truth. He said, unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can think or ask according to the power that works in us. Then we stop. Don't you see the comma? <laughs> Why do you stop? He hasn't finished saying it. I'm not finished saying what I'm saying. Don't go away. Wait. Let me finish saying it. But charismatics, well, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we think or can ask. Hallelujah. He's able to do. So that's what you are thinking about. You are thinking about using God to achieve your aims, to get a baby, to get a husband, to get a wife, to get a job, to build a house, to get money. Hey! hey. Those things are already given to us because they are things that pertain to life and godliness. It has already been given to us by his power through the knowledge. So don't spend all your time chasing these things. These things are meant to chase you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added. So he said unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can think or ask. Unto him be the glory in the church throughout all ages. <laughs> He's talking about God's glory. Don't hijack it to your miracle. <laughs> the reason why he does those things is so that we can bring glory to him. Most of us up to now, you've been in church for a while and you have not increased a little bit in your spontaneous ability to give or your ability to give God spontaneous praise. You always need music. You have, and when you come, there's a particular song, Miracle Worker. Ah, you are the miracle worker. Come and change, especially when they do it reggae. Ah, you see. <laughs> once they play reggae, the thing has moved you to another level. You are a fan, music fan, not a praise giver. <laughs> yes. That's what makes instrumentalists get overrated in churches. We came here to feed. So if you are not here to feed, it looks like you are invariably with time, you are going to be a problem for us. So we have to convert you into a feeder or we have to be excused of you. Because you will be a problem. Problem causes in churches are those who are not growing. 
When people are, it doesn't matter the title. You can have a pastor, a title pastor. But spiritually, you are not growing. You are slowing. So, <laughs> it's, it's important we understand. According to him who is able to do all these things, it's unto him, sorry, it starts with unto him. So, in fact, the thing we have been focusing on, we can take it out and not destroy the, the sentence. You can start with unto him. No, no. Go back verse 20. The verse 20. Now, unto him. That is all that you can remove that. And then the real statement is saying is the next verse. Unto him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages without end. And then you can say amen. Amen, amen shows that now we finish saying what I'm saying. People don't wait for the amen. <laughs> so God has called us unto virtue, glory, and virtue. And as you know this God who has called us to glory and virtue, amen, as you know this God who has called us to glory and virtue, you, you, begin, to, you begin to experience the effectiveness of the power, that deposit, that thing that has been planted in us, which gives us the ability or gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So you are not deficient in life. You can't be walking with God and you are struck in the highways of life. When he has given you all things that pertain to life and God, anything that, he said all things that pertain to life. It has to do with life that he has given us. Oh, so if you are not having it, don't blame God. You have to check your, your, your ability to tap, to, uh, to, to get into it. Because he has given us. According as his power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Hallelujah. Through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. And then the statement doesn't finish. It's always connected. Then the next ones. It says that whereby, by this, by this, okay, knowing him who has called us, by whereby are given unto us exceeding, you know, exceed, it exceeds. That, that thing we have been picking on, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, he has brought it back, he said, whereby are given unto us exceeding great. And ooh, this, precious, this promise is precious. What, don't forget that. The promises are precious. Last Sunday, I took my time and spoke about how by two immutable things in which it's possible for God, it is impossible for God to, we who have fled for hope, will, will lay hold, um, uh, will have strong consolation. Ah, we have strong encouragement. We who have fled for hope. So watch this. Great promises. God is a God of promise. The closer you go to God, the more you hear promises. But most of us, instead of looking, getting closer to no more promises, we are just letting other people to do it for us. So they pray for us, then we get the benefits of the promise. But get close. It starts with your getting to know about the promises. Because why? Watch this. He has actually, life is full of discouragements. Hello? Yeah. The older you grow, the more you understand it. Life is full of discouragements and setbacks and disappointments. But even though you might be working with God, you still come up against some discouragements. Hello? 
There are things that will happen that you don't, it doesn't make sense. How, 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 God, I've done everything. How could this happen? So life can hit you with all kinds of discouragements. But it says that God has given us great and precious promises. Now, these promises, Bible says that he, because he wanted to show to us the heirs of promise, who is an heir, someone who is inheriting, the heirs of promise, Hebrews chapter 6, we have been called to inherit promise. No breakthrough, promise. We are heirs of promise. Our miracle is based on the promise we get hold of. It, we are heirs of promise. So God will, verse 17, more abundantly, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability, the unchangeability, the stability of his counsel or his uh, stability of his, his plan. He confirmed it with an oath so that by two immutable things that cannot be changed, two immutable things, we who have fled, watch this, we will have strong consolation, okay? Because life is full of discouragement. So God has given these two immutable things so that by them we will have, so in the face of difficulty, you still have conf confidence. Do you understand? In the face of, when everything seems not to be working, when it looks like all things that pertain to life and godliness have been taken away from you, you still know God has promised and his promise is immutable. His promise is unchangeable. His promise is stable. You know that so you can bank your hopes, watch this, your confidence on the promise of God. And once you do that, it gives you strong consolation. It gives you strong encouragement. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. I don't know what you are going through, but if you can focus on the promise of God, the promise of God are yes and amen. <laughs> said we do you know what we have fled we have fled to lay hold of the hope set before us that's the Christian call so the strength of the, uh, the strength of the Christian walk is, has a lot to do with the hope ahead of you I'll say that again the strength of the Christian walk has a lot to do with the hope ahead of you that's why I said, he who has called us unto virtue, glory and virtue. There is hope ahead of you. Now watch this. But the hope, how many of you have hope in God, but sometimes you feel very disappointed? So then, God has, because of the disappointment, even though we have fled to lay hold of the hope, God has now given promises so that we can have strong consolation. Those who are reaching out for the hope. You can have encouragement in spite of all the negativity, knowing that this hope is real and is possible because of the promise of God. The promise is sure, and so the hope is possible. The promise is sure. That is why he gave us promise. So when you are working with God, you are fled for hope, for your marriage, for your future, for your health, for your family, for your career. You are fled for hope. Things will still go away you didn't expect. And so when you come from, to God, he will give you promises not, and make you know that his promises are sure and you are an heir of promise once you hold on to the promise it doesn't matter what comes you still know the hope is going to happen your hope will not be dashed I'm telling somebody your hope will not be disappointed he said there's an end and the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short and so it says that God has given us these great and precious promises so that by them can you imagine why did he give us the promises? The promises are not an end to themselves in themselves. So by them, God has given these promises so that by this we might be partakers of the divine nature. 
having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Remember in, in uh, chapter 1, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, he spoke about verse 18 and 19. He speaks of how we have been redeemed from vain conversation. That was given to us from, by virtue of our parents, our fathers. The fact that you are born, you inherited something by nature from your mother and father. And it's not always all good. And some of us, some of the things we are inherited, have inherited from our parents is trying to hurt us. <laughs> it's trying to help. But Jesus died and we have been redeemed from vain conversations, vain way of living, vain manner of life, which was handed down from our father. We have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. That's what they say. So we can see that something that we inherited, the blood redeems us from it. But it doesn't end there. And then it comes to chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, I mean. It tells us about how as pilgrims, there is something that is warring against our soul, which is the fleshly lust. So it says that, beloved, I beg you, so John, abstain from fleshly lust, which is warring. Some of us, I taught on this, there's a guerrilla organized warfare against you. Yeah, and you know where the war is coming from? No America. No Afghanistan. Inside you. There is something inside you. You know I'm telling the truth. You know I'm telling you. You are looking like an angel, but you know you are at war. Yeah. So sometimes you are in church, you feel like, oh, no, I keep messing up. Like this thing, the last, my last. Last is strong desires towards negative things. It's last. It's a strong desire. And so... Lust is warring against us, and he says that we should abstain from fleshly lust, which is warring. So he mentions lust, and in chapter 4, verse 2, it talks about how we, uh, uh, we should put away. He said, no longer live the rest of our time in the, fle- in the lust of the flesh. So you realize, the tradition of men, we have it. And he's talking about this lust that is warring against us. He's mentioning, and now he mentioned again that we shouldn't live, our, no longer live your life according to the lust of the flesh. You can't live like that. You, you can't continue like that. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. <laughs> then it comes to the second Peter, and it drops this in that we can escape from the lust, the corruption of the world that is through lust. We can escape it. How? By being a partakers of the divine nature. We ask, we partake the divine nature. How do we partake the divine nature? Based on the promises we have received. So the promises enable us to partake. Partake, Siamese twins. You, you are, it's koinonos, like sharing. You are a partaker. You are, you are a sharer, shareholder. You, you, you are actually engaging. You are part of it. All right? So, so he said, we partake of the divine nature. And as we partake of the divine nature, based on the promises that God has given us, watch this, we escape from the corruption that is in the world. James 4, 4, love not the world. There's something wrong with the world. James 4, 4, adulteress and adulteresses, adulteress and adulteresses. Do you not know friend, that friendship with the world is enemy? It's just, don't you know you are supposed to know this? Don't you know that? Don't you know that whoever wants to be friends of the world makes himself, oh, 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 oh. This is a serious statement. Believers should begin to get more serious or focus on things like this instead of what they are expecting from God. 
Because it's things like this we, which we don't take notice of that is making us miss out on all these promises God has given. So instead of chasing the promises or chasing his hand, let us chase his heart. What is in the heart of God? These things are important. It says that friendship with the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Ah, I don't want that one. So if, if I'm invited to some place and they say, if I don't go, I'm, I'm antisocial, I just think about, okay, they may not like me or God may not like me. Which one do I choose? Because if I go, there's, there's atmosphere is too wealthy. It is not good for me. Uh, if I don't go, then I can keep myself and I won't be an enemy of God. Or, and then I'll, they don't like me, so I'll be their enemy. But it's, it's, it's okay. If a man's ways please the Lord, he makes his enemies to be at peace with him. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and in First uh, John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17, it talks about how love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. The last of the eyes. Uh, it says that for all that is in the world, the last of the flesh, the last of the, you see, last is keeping, uh, last, 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 last. Because why? Every nature comes with, as I said, with an appetite. Yesterday I was teaching a, a group of gentlemen and I was telling them that your biggest problem in, to, to the journey of greatness is your appetite. As a man, eh? <laughs> Charlie, is it not so? Appetite. <laughs> appetite. And you don't buy appetite from town. No. The thing is inside. It's inside you. Yeah. <laughs> inside you. <laughs> and now Satan is using where, where you are much more likely to be tempted. It's, some of us can walk away from food easily. But the brothers, their appetite can really be a problem, especially in our modern day. Yeah. Your appetite, bro. And you want to be a man of God. I feel really sorry for you. Your appetite. Your appetite. Your appetite. Look, I know you are wearing suits, but your appetite is <laughs> your appetite is unruly. <laughs> yeah. Crude <laughs> crude appetite. <laughs> Where did you get it from? No, it came. The trans the, the, what, the manner of life we have inherited from our fathers. It's 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 it's, it's part of the world. And it comes with corruption. But if you want to escape that corruption, you must be able to be a partaker of the divine nature. That is the only thing that affords you to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. It said, love not the, world, the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the, uh, the eyes, and the pride of life. And then verse 17. Verse 17 says that, and the world is passing away. Oh, it's going. It's going. But we just have COP um, 26. The, the, really, the world is passing no, no, the politician, we have to do something to stop it from passing. He said, no, it's passing. It's passing. If you can stop aging, you can stop the process of aging, then you can stop the world from aging. Am I saying we shouldn't do it? No, 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 please, don't, don't leave that. I'm just saying the world is passing. Okay. The world is passing. And not only the world. Uh, uh, and the last of it is going. By he who, oh, Wow. But how come Christians don't see these ones? 
You've been a Christian for a long time. You don't know this scripture. You don't know this scripture. What kind of Christian are you? Before you boast, I've been in church. I've I'm, I'm been in church. Check the scriptures that are working in your life. Wow. I mean, you can't imagine. He said, but he who does the will of God abides forever. The world is passing by your abide forever. Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, it says that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The whole world. The whole world. In verse 4, it said this is he that is born of God. Overcomes the world. It takes the divine nature to overcome the world. So then the last, the last of the natural appetites which comes with our nature... And some of it are so controlling. The only way you can deal with it and escape it is by having the divine nature. As you partake in the divine nature, it also comes with divine appetites. Mm. <laughs> divine appetite. Every nature comes with an appetite. Every nature. <laughs> the reason why. <laughs> the reason why there are some food. If they give you bone, you don't like it because you don't have the nature of the dog. Yeah. The nature of the dog. That's why you come back. <laughs> yeah. You might even feel like you're a dog on the inside. Sorry, you don't have the nature of the dog. Yeah, now that the way everything, people, depending on how you feel on the inside. How can how you feel be your, your, your definition of who you are? Think about it. How can how you feel on the inside be the definition of who you are? How? If you feel like a potato, potato chips, are you a potato? Ah. Are you po <laughs> But the nature can, we can escape the appetites and the lust, that's him, of the fallen nature, which is in the world. You see, he, said, he says that, uh, that uh, be partaker of the divine nature, that you escape the corruption that is in where? The world. You see, that world thing, that's what I was reading to us. The world. The world. Through lust. Through lust. That's how the enemy gets us. Every one of us is susceptible. Unless we choose to switch to the divine nature, then it can't get you. So, picking the text again, having therefore, by which we have received great and precious promises, by which uh, that through these, through these promises, we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. All right, now, I need you to move further. The next verse. Okay, give me the King James. For this very, besides this, besides this. Now, what is the this? Now, let's look at the previous verse again. Whereby are given unto us, exceeding, whereby what? Whereby what? Whereby what? Right. So there's what God gives. Right. So it is start from God. Peter, Jesus said, "Who do men say I am?" And he said, "They said some stuff." And then, "Who do you say I am?" You are the Son of God. Interest. Jesus didn't give him credit credit for what he said. He said, "No, it was it didn't come from you." There are certain things that cannot come from you. Jesus didn't give him the credit. He gave the Holy Spirit the credit. <laughs> he said, no, I can't give you the credit. That's wrong to, to give you the credit for what you just said. Well done. It's not a man to know. So there are some things they are given. 
giving. God does his part. But that should be sufficient. No, it doesn't suffice. God does his part. On earth, God does his part, and then we are supposed to do our part. Because if he has given to us all, why are you telling me to add any? It's there. He has, according as his divine power, has given unto us all. So if the all has been given, you don't need any addition. All has been given, but it says no. Besides all these, giving all diligence. Besides. Yeah. Besides. Some translation put it this way. Coming alongside with this, with these promises, giving all diligence. That he didn't put the diligence on God, he puts it on us. Giving all diligence, add. Ah, now your job kicks in. Stop asking, where is God? Why, why, why? And check what you are not doing. Because God has done his bit. He's done his part. He said, giving all, you can't do it lackadaisically. You can't do it in a cavalier manner. You can't do it in a nonchalant way. You can't do it with, um, you know, a kind of, I can't be bothered. <laughs> I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. When it comes to the things of God, you can't say I'm not bothered. Because Satan will let you know where power lies. <laughs> oh, something is after you. The fact that you are a human being, whether you pray or not, whether you are born again or not, something is after you to destroy you because the thief comes not but to still kill and destroy. Yeah. You are up for satanic destruction. Why hasn't he destroyed me already? Because God has the details. Yeah. He's the master mind. He's, as I taught last Thursday, he micromanaging everything. <laughs> That's why you didn't die early, because some of you, if you can remember, you should have died. Yeah. Yeah. You should have died. One day you were drunk in Ayanapa. You almost died from the balcony. Somebody told you, dive into the pool. You saw the pool. You're about to die. But you didn't go back. Later on, you were lying in your bed. You were wondering, I thought, I'd die. am I not in the pool? <laughs> It was an angel, even though you were in sin. An angel came because God was reserving you for days like this. <laughs> yeah. God is in charge. Nothing happens to God or on earth and it surprises God. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> no, no, no. From him, through him, unto him are all things. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So he has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness that by this we will partake of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world. Now he says that giving all diligence, or besides all these, or some translation said for this reason, for this reason, giving all diligence. Every effort. Okay, NIV said, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Uh, see, that's why we need teachings in church. Yes, yes, yes. Rather than that, you gloss over this and go. There's so much packed in there to add to your faith. Also, faith is fundamental. It's just foundational. You can't do much without faith. So you are building on faith. 
But some people, unfortunately, they stay on faith, and that's it. No, you have to, if it is genuine faith and developing faith, some things will also come up. He said, add to your faith. Give it, I think let's read it from the, we'll read it from the New New Living Translation. Then we'll go to Amplified. I like the Amplified. But look at the New Living. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Did you see that? So the promises can be there, but it will be ineffective because you haven't responded to the promises of God. Besides all these, oh wow, greater than city, hallelujah. <laughs> hey, now it's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. Make every effort. Don't just stay at home and say, today I'm tired. But if it's work, you get up. It's because you just are not hungry for God. And you want a cheap way of enjoying things from God. But no, it does never, nobody gets, becomes an effective Christian cheaply. You can't. It will cost you. No, some, some people think that when you say become a Christian or live a, a strong Christian life, he has to do it. I've stopped doing this. No, no, stop starting from there. That is not the starting point. You've stopped doing A lot of people are stopping things every day. Some are even becoming vegans. Yeah. People, people are stopping a lot of things. People are stopping shopping from some places, stopping eating, eating some food. Some people have stopped eating rice. They are eating brown rice. Very soon they will stop their brown rice and move to brown, 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 brown sugar. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong. People are stopping. People are stopping things. So stopping something doesn't make you a Christian. Stopping doesn't make you. You, are, you don't, it doesn't mean you have the nature of God because you've stopped some things. That's not where it starts from. <laughs> So I'm not talking about, oh, I don't do this, I don't do this. When I talk about art, I'm not talking about, now, okay, I have to try and forgive. I have to try. The reason why you are trying to forgive is because you are not adapting the nature of God. That's why you are trying to do it. When the divine nature kicks in, some of the appetite generates automatically. Yeah. It's a lot of work. So those who are trying to behave in a certain way to please God, it's a lot of work. That's the demands of religion. Religion comes with so much work that you can't really meet. But godliness is a different ballgame altogether. According to us, his divine power has given unto us all the things that pertain to life and godliness. It's a different story. I feel like preaching. I feel like preaching. It's important to understand when they say giving diligence or add, uh, giving the add to your faith. We are not talking necessarily about moral virtues in the starting place. What you are supposed to be doing is supposed to be, watch this, watch this, an offshoot from the faith, the life of Christ in you. So to please God, it comes, it stands out of the life of Christ in you. And that's where you have to be diligent. Because as I said, you are trying to forgive. 
but you are struggling to forgive because you are doing it in the human nature. There are times some people can succeed. Human beings, watch this, please, get this. Human beings, we have sense. So there are times you can choose to do a lot of, there are a lot of people here, you are very good people. Yeah, somebody's watching, you are such a nice person. Yeah, such a nice person. Yeah, but you are still in bed. And you don't mean any evil. You are such a nice person. So let's not behave like the fact that you are a human being means that everything is wrong in your life. No. There are a lot of things that can be right, but it doesn't replace the nature of God. And the demands of God are predicated on his nature that he has supplied to us. So this is no instruction to unbelievers. They don't have it. You can't live the godly life as an unbeliever. You can live a moral life. You can live a, a civic life full of good civic virtues, but you can't live a godly life. But we are able to live godly life because his divine power has given, oh, his divine power has granted, has planted in us all things that pertain to life and godliness. If I were you, I would shout a big hallelujah. So, he says that therefore, besides all this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Yeah. Say, add to your faith. Add to your faith. Say it again, please. Add to your faith. All right, let's finish New Living Translation, please. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supple- uh-huh. Thank you for helping. Supplement your faith. <laughs> I, to be honest, uh, to be honest, this text, they got the details right. Because that, this word, generous, King James doesn't really mention it so much. You will, so what, when you look at the King James, it says that add to your faith virtue. No, but that word add is talking about bountifully supply, generous. The original Greek connotes supply in abundance, bountiful supply. But King James, kind of, because there is... All right. So it says that supplement your faith. Faith supplement. Yeah. Not faith replacement. Faith supplement. With generous provision of moral excellence. Now watch. This is, I'm going somewhere. Yeah. Generous provision of moral excellence and then with knowledge. Now let's go to the Amplified. Before we go, let's go to the New American Standard Version. All right, the New American Standard Version. Now, for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply. See, you are supposed. But how are you going? It's supposed to be in your faith. So it starts, the faith is the foundation. And the foundation of faith, as you walk with God, it begins to produce. So the that moral excellence is a byproduct of faith. It is not pre-faith moral excellence. It is byproduct, post-faith moral excellence. There are two different things. I have stopped stealing because now I am working by faith. It's different, it's, it's different from I've stopped stealing so I can try and walk by faith. <laughs> it's two different things. There are two different things. Religion says stop stealing and then try and walk by faith and walk by faith. Christianity, God 
says that when you are with me, I will give you all things that pertain to life and godliness. So that by that life that is called faith you have, you can now build up a moral excellence on it. So the world only sees the moral excellence, but they don't see the faith under under it. When you see a house, you you usually don't see the foundation. You don't see, unless you go and pack in basement. Even that there's another foundation you will see. (laughs) So it says that, uh, let's go to the uh, uh, Amplified. I like the Amplified. For this very reason, add uh, adding your diligence to the divine promises. You see, see, see this whole promises that it's there is pivotal to the divine. Employ every effort in exercising your watch this, watch this. That's why I was saying exercise. So you have to employ every effort, exercising your faith to develop that kind of thing you have to develop. So it is a byproduct of faith. But you have to put effort in exercising that faith so much. Now your husband looks at you and says, this is a good wife. Yeah. Some of us, we are like devils to our spouses. <laughs> You've been a believer for so long. For so long. But every time, you are the one who starts the quarrel. Yeah. You are a believer, but there's something deficient in your believership. In your Christian work, something is missing. Something is missing. You are singing in the choir, but something is missing. People see you going to church, but some unbelievers even don't believe your believership. They don't don't believe you. Because things you are able to say, things you are able to do without convictions, and you do normally, somebody is not developing your faith. That's That's what I'm saying. Somebody's not it. Say, add to your faith. My brother, what kind of Christian is this? The faith is not authentic. If you can't develop it to begin to produce some fruits, you are just a church goer. It's not having an impact. It's not showing. It's not showing. It's not showing. You entered the relationship with your girlfriend. Look at the things you are doing. That you enter a relationship with this guy. The guy is even not serious in church. He's yeah. trying to follow you. Now you are rather that. Yeah, bro, sister. Ah. Ah, pastor, it's not me. Sometimes I just, I'm just, I just feel so weak. Develop the faith so that the, the nature of God in you can kick in. So that it doesn't become personal chore. It's, it's a chore. It's like pulling a strand of hair from your nose. It's hard work. That's why some people say Christianity is hard. If you are working with God, it's actually natural. It's just natural. It's not natural. It's the nature. It's the divine nature. So it's divinely natural. And that becomes, watch this, you have the supply of the power. The power is the supply. And it is producing some things in you. Your job is cooperate with the power. And then develop it so that we can see the fruition of the promises of God. But we can't see the fruition. The promises of God are not being manifested because the cooperation with the power has been compromised. Am I preaching at all? Yeah. Virtue. I think I have to be ending up. Moral excellence. Moral excellence. In other words, 
your behavior, the way you treat your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your sister has offended me. I will never speak to you again. I will never speak to you again. You are lucky virtue. Your brother has said, people are in church, I this one, I can never speak to this person. I can you are lacking virtue. You are lacking virtue. Believe, I'm talking to Christians. If you are not a Christian, well, it doesn't, well, you can just, uh, uh, me too, I, I wasn't sent to. But this message uh, is for a Christian. It's about time we have some Christians in town. Unforgiveness has defined you. Bitterness. No one steps on your toe and goes free. It can be 10 years. You are still waiting. You will, you will definitely pay back. You will definitely. No. Add. Develop your faith. Add effort. Listen. It doesn't come cheaply. Add effort. Add effort. Add effort. I'm prophesying. I'm prophesying. Add effort. Add effort. Move out of that boy's house. Add effort. When you feel like gossiping, speak in tongues, brother. <laughs> yeah, effort. Add effort. Add, add effort. When you feel you are under pressure to sin, sometimes pray. Speak in tongues. It helps the Holy Spirit. He's the comforter. He comes with strength. He comes alongside you. Just engage. Engage the Holy Spirit. Engage the Holy Spirit. Engage the Holy Spirit. Because we have the divine nature. They don't have it. So what they are, when you, before you became born again, the things that used to floor you, shouldn't comfortably floor you. Yeah. Add effort. Giving all diligence. Add to your faith, virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. I'll pick the knowledge the next time. Knowledge. Because he spoke about according to the knowledge of God. The epignosis. But this one is gnosis. So I'm going to tell you, to show you the difference. The empty-headed Christians are too many in our generation. Too many in our generation. So he said, oh, we all serve the same God. You see, God, you don't know this God. Satan likes to attack. Three things Satan will attack. He likes to attack, number one, the word of God. Satan will do anything to attack the word of God. That's why you see a lot of people say, oh, the Bible, the Bible is, is, a, is a white man. Is a, Moses is not Scottish, please. Is a, <laughs> is a, is a, they will attack the Bible. Yes. They, that's Satan's hotspot. Yeah. One is the Bible. Number two things Satan attacks. It's not you. It's the deity of Christ. They want to say he's one pro, he's a prophet. He's I'm a good man. He's just one of the great leaders. He's not, he's not just he's not a prophet. He's not a good person. He's the son of God. He's God. In, in, uh, yeah. If you are, if watch this, I want, let me make this very clear. If you don't, you don't believe in that, or you can't believe in that, you are not a Christian. All right. So it, Christianity doesn't mean because you go to church. It's because you believe Jesus is the son of God. That's what makes you a Christian. I'm telling you, that's what makes you a Christian. Believing that Jesus is the son of God is what makes you a Christian. It's not going to church that makes you a Christian. Not because your parents are in church that makes you a Christian. Not because your friends are in church or because you are a singer in church. Please, please. Believe in, he says, believe it, doubt this. So all these things were done 
So many things that were done that could not be recorded. But these have been written that you will believe. And believing that the Jesus is the Messiah, the Son John, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And in believing, you have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes, what do you believe? What do you, the believing that he is the Son of God. Whosoever believes will not perish. Believe what? Believe what? Believe what? I believe that uh, 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 the queen's husband is dead. Is it, is it true? Yeah, so I'm a believer then. No, it depends on what you believe in. So let's, 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 make, let's define the belief. The belief is believing that Jesus is the Son of God, is the Messiah who died, the Savior of the world. Believing that Jesus is God in the flesh. If you don't believe that, you cannot be a Christian. You cannot be a Christian. The wrong gospel cannot produce a Christian. That's, that's, that's Christianity. He will attack the deity of Christ. And then finally, he will always want to attack the work of the Holy Spirit. These three things, Satan will attack. But I see God helping us by his power on the inside. When you hear the gospel or you hear the message, do not feel condemned but rather wake up, if you're a Christian, to engage or develop your faith, to engage the nature, the seed of God in you. Other than that, you'll still be struggling with that same thing. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? All of us have something to fight. Yeah. We all have something to fight, something to deal with, every one of us. As long as you stay in this human nature, the human frailty, the flesh, as long as you are alive, you have things to deal with. Yeah. yeah. But thank God that the divine nature supplies us with appetites that can make it easier for us to live to please God Amen. and produce godliness. That's why we come to church, to receive a word from God and but for one another, interaction with one another. There's something about Christian fellowship yes. that nothing else can give you. Online is different. Please. Please. You can't have family dinner online. Yeah. Christmas, how can you do Christmas party online? And they take it. How does it work? <laughs> yeah. In extreme case scenario, we might be thankful to God that we have something that looks like real, even though it's not online. In an extreme case scenario, at least it helped. And the core of our meetings was the delivery of the word. So the word could come through. The word could come through. The word could come through. But koinonia is missing. The essence of Christian strength is the, your feed. It's your feed. So that when you go back home and you take that Second Peter chapter 1, you should be able to even see more I didn't get to say. Because God is deeper than words can encapsulate. I see your life moving from glory to glory. I see God moving you from grace to grace. I see you moving from glory to glory. From power to power. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe it, shout a living amen. amen. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show. And the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, 
and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.